0: Get ready to grip it and rip it.
1: All right, let's move on. We got golfers waiting.
0: Dedicated to bringing better golf to America, this is Tea to Green, the golf show.
2: That's right, teeing it up and talking golf. That's what we do every Sunday, 52 weeks a year, right here on. T to Green, The Golf Show. Hello, fellow golfers, and Happy New Year. Thanks for listening and for being the most important part of what we do. What we do is talk golf. I'm Jay Ritchie. Robert DeCosa is in Master Control, and we have a couple of great guests and a super show lined up for you today. We'll be talking golf today with Ron Syrak and Ed Several, no strangers to Tee to Green. Ron Syrak's been one of the top golf riders in the world for the past few decades, from his early days at golf digest to his current work on the golf channel and at lpga.com the 2024 ladies golf season is here and he joins us for a look back at lpga golf in 2023 and a preview of 2024 ron syrak with us today here on T to Green. Then later in the hour, we'll preview the largest trade show in the golf course management industry coming up in Phoenix beginning January twenty-seventh. Our good friend Ed Sever will be here to tell us about the golf course superintendents association's conference and trade show today here on the show by golfers for golfers. That of course is T to Green. I'm Jay Ritchie along with Robert D'Cozzi in Master Control, and we'll be right back to get the show going. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the T at 7. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one,
3: but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the
2: greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. What club should I choose You know I'm lost out in the forest, save me from those double bogeys it's America's longest-running network radio golf show, T.D. Green, kicking off our 19th year here with Sports Byline, and now on Sirius Channel 217, XM Channel 203, and the Sirius XM app. We're going to tee it up with Ron Syrak we come back right here on T.D. Green.
0: What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law, and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem, and with the Family Medical Leave Act, it's completely confidential. Call now, 800-771-4125. That's 800-771-4125. 800-771-4125. 800 771 Now, during Staples Print Big Sale, get $20 off your print purchase of $100 or more, $50 off your print purchase of $200 or more, and $100 off your print purchase of $300 or more. So the more you print at Staples, the more you save. To demonstrate, print, print, print at Staples, you save, save, save. But if you print, 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 print at Staples, you save, 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 save. See how that works? Staples Print Big Sale. Print more, save more, up to $100. And 210. Visit staples.com print for details.
2: It's news, it's interviews, and lots of fun, too, for everyone interested in golf. And we do it every Sunday right here on Tee to Green, the golf show. Hi, everyone. Welcome in. I'm Jay Ritchie, the Duke Robert DeCose is in master control fun show, great show, and a good lineup for you on Tita to Green today later in the hour. Ed is going to be here, a good buddy from the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America. Their conference and trade show is coming up in Phoenix. It's going to be in Phoenix uh, later this month. In Phoenix for the first time since 1987. We'll talk to him about what has become the largest golf uh, and trade show in uh, the golf industry, golf management trade show in the golf industry, and several joining us later in the hour. Our first guest standing by, ready to go on the TD Green Guest Line. Geez, I can remember reading Ron Syrak's work many, many years ago in Golf Digest and some of the other great golf publications of the past. He, in recent years, has transitioned to the Modern Age that is online at lpga.com and of course you see him on the golf channel uh, his specialty these days ladies golf and covering the LPGA tour and we're happy to welcome Ron Syrac back to Tee to Green hello Ron happy new year happy new year to you uh, uh, good
5: morning and it's uh, great to be kicking off another new season
2: yeah, here we are already. Last time we had you on, it was the middle of summer. The weather was a lot better, I'm sure, all over the country. And we were talking to you uh, from, you were at the U.S. Open, I believe, to talk about uh, talk about that, uh, which was, uh, a, of course, a, a fun tournament, a big tournament, and one of the many of 2023. Before we get to talking about 2024, uh, what what were your thoughts about this past year in ladies golf, the LPGA tour, and its uh, continued growth and uh, continued garnering fans not only here in America but all over the world?
5: Yeah, 2023 was the first time they uh, they had a uh, hundred million dollars in total prize money. Uh, it was a big. Big step forward for them financially, and it was also a fascinating year because we had a lot of breakout players uh, during the year. I mean, you look at the major championship winners, Lily Abou, Celine Boutier, Alison Corpus, Rooney Yin, nobody, nobody would have had them on their, on their uh, bingo card list going into the season as major championship winners, but it, it just shows you how deep and broad the talent pool is in women's golf right now.
2: Yeah, if you look around, uh, the Asians continue to be there. They've they've been making a real impact for the last uh, several over a couple almost a couple of decades now. The South Korea, China, and Japan, great players coming from that region of the world. The Europeans as well, uh, you know, the Swedes from back in the day of Annika Sörenstam when she was at her peak. Uh, Spain France, Celine Boutier had a great year. And, of course, Australia. Any other hotbeds in, around the world in women's golf that you can think of?
5: Well, Thailand is, is, is really emerging as a as – uh, they've turned out probably eight or ten uh, really world-class players over the last decade, and, and that's one that's emerging. But, you know, I, I think one of the underreported stories uh, of, of last year was the fact that um, – we had, we had only the second American to be LPGA Player of the Year since Beth Daniel in 1995. Uh, Stacey Lewis won it twice in, in the, uh, around uh, 2011, 2013, but Lily Avu was Player of the Year last year, and she and Allison Corpus, uh, two, two young American talents, really uh, bode a lot, of, um, a, a lot of positive feelings for the state of the American women's game going forward now.
2: Yeah, Vu won four times, two majors. Celine Boutier had a big year. Uh, were you a little bit torn as far as who you thought your player of the year might be?
5: Well, you know, going into the last to the last tournament of the season, I thought it came it was coming down to the to the championship, and uh, and uh, I ended up in the uh, in the Golf Fighters Association of America voting for Player of the Year. I voted for Lilya Vu. I thought that uh, that uh, that she was. Uh, you know, Boutier uh, also had a very, very strong uh, Solheim Cup. And uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we have an interesting situation with Solheim now. We had one uh, in 2023, and we're coming right back with another one in 2024 because of uh, uh, the COVID throwing off the Ryder Cup schedule. But the other American who emerged last year that's going to be fascinating to watch in, the, in this new season now is Rose Zang. Uh, You know, she didn't turn she didn't turn pro till the middle of the year, till June, and still finished third in rookie of the year points. Uh, Won her very first tournament out, uh, and uh, uh, that's only the second time that's been done in the 75 year history of the LPGA. So it's going to be fascinating to see if Rose is able to build on uh, on her debut season.
2: We're with Ron dot LPGA.com on the Golf Channel. We're talking about the LPGA Tour. And, Ron, we've been talking for years about the fact that it, it used to be a strictly American tour, and now it is more, probably, of all the pro tours, the most international uh, tour. Do, would you agree with that?
5: Yeah, you know, when Mike Wan was commissioner of the LPGA, he really took what, Which some people perceived uh, as a negative and turned it into a positive by positioning the LPGA as golf's global tour. And uh, I think that's a very apt apt description of it. Uh, The revenue streams that it pulls in from, uh, it's still its largest single revenue stream is Korean TV money. So it's making a lot of money from those uh, events overseas. And you, you look at the start of this season, there'll be two, it kicks off with two tournaments in Florida. Then it goes to Thailand, Singapore, and China for, for three tournaments. And then it has another Asia swing uh, in, in the fall. But uh, it, it is, I, I think last year there were 27 different nations represented in the LPGA membership. And, and probably short of, uh, of uh, professional soccer, there's no other sport that is as, as diverse uh, as, as the LPGA.
2: Uh, for a while there, too, it was really tough on the American players who, who used to dominate and then kind of disappeared from the tops of the leaderboard. But with the, with young players like Zhang and and Vu and a few others, they they seem to be not only holding their own but making a nice comeback.
5: Yeah, you know, when I first started covering women's golf um, back in the 1980s, 90 uh, percent of the players on the LPGA were Americans and 90 percent of the winners were americans and now it's more like 40 percent of the players on the lpga are americans and 40 percent of the winners are americans so it isn't necessarily that women's that american women's golf has declined over the years it's just the growth of the game globally has been massive uh and uh um, and and more and more players are coming from more and more different different parts of the globe now and uh I think that speaks to the strength of the game. It it speaks to to the influence probably that Tiger Woods had on the overall growth of the game. Um, And uh, uh, to me, one of the exciting things, too, that that was happening is for a while um, uh, the growth of the game in, in, in Europe and particularly in Britain seemed to be in decline, and Asia was on the ascendancy. And now really really good players are coming from uh from all over the globe and last year's solheim cup was just one of the most intensely competitive events uh, uh that i've seen in team golf in a long time
2: yeah did you vote on the rookie of the year as well
5: yeah well the uh we, we don't uh the golf writers don't have a rookie of the year they do uh the, and the lpga rookie of the year is on a point system and uh as uh, you know i don't think that uh um, I if if there had been a vote, I might have voted for Roseang. Uh, I I think that she had a very very strong debut season.
2: Any other th- uh, uh, events or happenings or wins or tournaments from the past twelve months that stands out in your mind? Well,
5: you know, I I, I think that uh, and and this is a, a really positive trend in women's golf. The major championship venues, those that travel the three of, of the five majors that that travel the venues. Are, are consistently going to uh, better and better venues. And, and in 2023, the U.S. Women's Open was at Pebble Beach. And I, I think any time that the women play one of their major championships at an iconic venue like Pebble, that it exposes the product to new eyes. And, uh, and that's how you grow the game. And, and I think a lot of it's like the Augusta National Women's Amateur. There's a lot of people who will turn it in, watch it on TV, because, A, they want to see what Augusta National, and, B, they want to see how the women handle Augusta National. It was the same thing last year with, uh, with Pebble Beach for the Women's Open. People tuned in because they love watching golf from Pebble Beach, and they were curious how the women uh, were going to play there, and Allison Corpus played uh, a terrific tournament and, and won it. Uh, this year, the women are going to be going. The women's PGA is at uh, Sahali uh, in Washington State. The uh, U.S. Women's Opens at Lancaster Country Club, really, really uh, 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 a hidden gem in southeastern Pennsylvania. And then the AIG Women's Open is at the old course at St. Andrews. Um, And that, you know, uh, when they go to venues like that, it's just really good for the growth of the women's game.
2: Yeah, St. Andrews, all you got to do is say St. Andrews and everybody in golf pays attention. (laughs) Yeah, I
5: covered yeah. the first two, the first two women's opens at St. Andrews, and the first one in 2007 was won by Lorena Ochoa, and then the second one in 2013 was won by Stacy Lewis. Both been, at the time were the number one players in, in women's golf, and and that's another good thing. When you go to one of those iconic venues, it's really it really helps when you have your stars really play well that week because because that does bring in uh, new fans and brings uh, yeah. new attention to the game.
2: The cream rises to the top. We're with Ron Syrak, Golf Channel, LPGA.com. We're talking about ladies' golf. We'll take a break and come back with more after this.
4: Pricing
1: information. Eight hundred nine one five nine six five four eight hundred nine one five nine six five four eight hundred nine one five nine six five four that's eight hundred nine one five ninety-six fifty-four. Your top source
2: for golf news and entertainment on the radio online and on your smartphone, it's T.D. Green. I'm Jay Ritchie. Jerry Evans is off today. We hope to get Jerry back on the show real soon. And Master Control, the Duke, Robert DeCosa, is back with us as we begin a new year. We start with this show, anyway, Ron Syrak, our guest, with this coming up later in the hour. Ed Sefer will be here to talk about the Golf Course Superintendents of America, Golf Course Superintendents Association, of america conference and trade show coming up later this month in phoenix ron syrak covering ladies golf for the golf channel and lpga.com and uh, we were talking in the first segment ron about the, the the young talent on the lpga tour and how even the competition seems to be let's look at the flip side of that a little bit i was thinking about this uh, yesterday uh it's great with all the first time winners that you mentioned of the major championships and uh and the the how that bodes well for the future of course of women's golf, but turn that around a little bit if you're if you're going to watch ladies golf or if fans are interested in ladies' golf and they turn on a big event or they go out they want to see a big event or go to a big event, and they look up at the leaderboard and they see a bunch of names people. Uh, people uh, that they they don't know or don't recognize. Um, one of the things in in all sports is you want superstars, you want big names, you want bigger than life personalities. Are we going to are we seeing any of that on the LPGA tour? Is that a concern to anybody?
5: Well, you know that's going to be one of the interesting things about this year going forward. Is um, first off those players who had breakthrough years last year. Can they build on that success? Can somebody like a Lilia Vu or Celine Boutier or Alison Corpus win enough so that the public does become familiar with them? And that's how, that's how, that's how fan bases grow. That's how public gets to know uh, about players is, is <laughs> they put themselves in position to win often enough that the media has multiple opportunities to tell their stories and then people knew who they are, know who they are. So can those players, Vu, Boutier, Corpus, Follow up really strong 2023s by by taking their game to an even higher level in 2024. That's gonna that's always an interesting thing. So many times we see a player have a breakthrough season, not be able to build on that success. And the other prong to that to that storyline in there is there are some players who were sort of less than um, performed less than we thought they were going to perform last year, and will they bounce back? Strongly, And there are names out there like Nellie Korda, Brooke Henderson, yeah. Lydia Ko. Alexi Thompson hasn't won in five years now. You know, um, and it, it definitely, uh, I think all the individual sports, golf, tennis, boxing, do better when there is um, a, a clear number one, a clear, a clear king or queen of the hill that everybody's trying to knock off, and that, that brings attention to the sport. And, and right now, there's not a dominant player in the women's game. And, you know, I, I think the men's game is sort of in the same situation. Post-Tiger I was going to say that. Yeah, post Tiger Woods, there's no, clear, there's no clear king of the hill there. You know, it's John Rahm one week, it's, it's Rory McElroy another week, it's Scotty Schepler another week. And that's a different kind of entertainment, a different kind of intensity. But uh, I think all those all those sports uh, do better if there's there's a clear star that everyone's shooting at an Anika Sornstam, a Lorena Ochoa, uh, uh, an Inbee Park, those kind of players, and and there isn't that dominant player right now.
2: So what happened? There was a time, and it wasn't that long ago, when it was the Cordis sisters. It was Lexi Thompson, Jennifer Cupcho came out of nowhere, and, yep. and, and when she turned pro and came out of the bucks strong, but she's playing well, but she's not winning anymore. What, what's what's happening to the the big name American players?
5: Yeah, Cupcho would be another one of those that I'd um, that'd be very curious to see this year uh, how much of a bounce back season she has, and, and she she gets back there. Um, I, look, I I think of the three greatest winners that I've covered in my career are Jack Nicholas, Tagger Woods, and Annika Sorenstam. And the one thing those three people had in common is they not only forgot their losses immediately, they forgot their wins immediately. If they won a tournament, they teed it up the next week as if they'd never won a tournament before in their life. And they never lost that intensity. And, uh, and I think that that's... You know that's a rare trait in an athlete to just have that unending desire to win and to be the best. And what we're seeing right now is that uh, a lot of players uh, have some success and then don't build on it. Um, with with Nelly Corda, for instance, uh, I think that's been more injury and illness issue. She had she had blood clots a, a couple years ago. She had back problems last year, and she's yeah. been she's been battling she's been battling those things. Um, uh, Lexi Thompson is somebody who just never, ever, ever learned a short game. And I, I, got, I got a lot of people angry at me on social media when, during the Ryder Cup, I pointed out how much Victor Hovland has improved his short game. He was, he was really mediocre with his short game two years ago and now has one of the best short games in the world. And I sort of said, Lexi Thompson needs to look at that and learn it can be done. She's only 28 years old. And if she learned to chip and putt as well as the rest of her game is, she could truly be the kind of uh, a star that the tour needs. And Lexi is a lot like the she's sort of the Ricky Fowler of the LPGA. She does everything right except win. You know, she's she's got a great personality. <laughs> she's got a um, she's great with the the media, with the fans, with the sponsors. And uh, but you need somebody to go out there and win and win and win so that they're constantly on TV and in the news.
2: Yeah, you forget she's been around so long. She started yep. very, very young. It seems like she should be in, a, in her mid-30s at this point. But yeah, you, good point. She's only 28. I think she's played 17
5: U.S. Women's Opens at the age of wow. 28.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ron Syrac with us. We're talking ladies golf. Okay, we talked a little bit about uh, the uh, – Ladies going to St. Andrews for the AIG Championship. The fact that it is a Solheim Cup year again, back to back Solheim Cup years. What other storylines should we be looking at in 2024?
5: Well, the the prize money is up to 116 million dollars this year, which is, you know, it was 100 million last year, so that's another another good another good boost up. But um, sadly, you know. Because of the emergence of the whole live golf situation, as much money, as as much as the money increased for women last year, they actually lost ground against the men because of uh, uh, the PGA Tour creating all these designated events and hyping up purses to try to keep up with the live golf stuff. So, yeah. uh, I I do think one of the interesting things to be keeping an eye on this year is is whether the Saudis start um, start uh, making a move towards, uh, towards women's golf and, and have, playing a role in there like they are in the men's game.
2: You, uh, you think uh, this could be the year that begins to happen?
5: Um, you know, they, on the ladies' European tour, there, there is already a, a Saudi-sponsored series called the uh, Aramco Series, uh, the Arabian uh, oil company, uh, sponsors that and uh it's i think six tournaments and and then they have uh, uh an overall winner of, of that of that so you might see them making some sort of move and i know that the commissioner of the lpga has uh has said that uh um, she would be open to having conversations so it'll, it will be interesting to see where where that goes
2: 33 events on the schedule for this year. I know a few years ago they were struggling to get to even 30 events. Uh, is, that, is 33 a good number? Uh, yeah, the, you know,
5: uh, in, I, I think it was uh, t- uh, 2011. Mike Wan took over in uh, 2010 was his first season. 2011, they were down to 23 tournaments, which was the fewest that the LPJ had had since 1972. And he built it back up. I, I think that 33, 34 number of official events is a very solid number. And then you throw in some of the unofficial events like the Solheim Cup, International Crown. And uh, um, it's, a, it's, it's a quite full schedule. Uh, I, I, you know, part of the problem that the LPGA has is, is getting momentum early in the year. They play two tournaments in Florida, then they're off for a few weeks, then they play three tournaments in Asia. And then the tour doesn't really kick into high gear in terms of the American fans till it gets yeah. back to uh, Arizona and California uh, in March. All
2: right. Hey, Ron, I know you're going to have a fun year covering it again. Thanks for the preview and the look back at 2023. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk more ladies' golf as 2024 unfolds.
5: Talk to you down the road, my friend. Thanks for having me on.
2: Ron Syrac, catch him on Golf Channel and LPGA.com as well. We'll take a break. Ed several joins us next here on Tee to Green.
1: That's 800 943 2153.
2: It's Destination Listening for Dedicated Golfers. If you are a dedicated golfer, you've come to the right place. It's Tita Green, it's the golf show where we talk golf every Sunday. I'm Jay Richie. Glad to have you on board as we start a. Brand new year, talking golf here on Key to Green. It's that time of year in the golf industry when everybody it seems like has a trade show or there are golf expos all over the country. As people take this time of year to kind of gear up for the upcoming spring and summer golf seasons. Of course, the uh, the uh, golf, the biggest in the golf industry, the uh, the annual. Uh, trade show in orlando florida will be coming up in just a little bit and in your neck of the woods wherever you live around the country you probably got uh, one of the annual trade shows or one of the annual golf expos that will you'll be going to or you you uh, planning on going to here in as we turn the calendar into the new year february and march those things usually happen one of the Biggest, in fact, the largest trade show in the golf course management industry is getting ready to go. We're talking about the conference and trade show presented by the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America, the GCSAA conference and trade show. This year, it's going to be in Phoenix. It's the first time the trade show has been in Phoenix since 1987. It'll be held at the Phoenix Convention Center, the GSCGCSAA GCSAA Golf Championships that happened during the trade show will proceed to show events taking place at the Talking Stick Golf Club, Camelback Camelback Golf Club and Whirlwind Golf Club in the Phoenix area January 27th through 29th. The show Hasn't been in Phoenix since 1987. The golf championships were played there in 1991. That year, the trade show itself was held in Las Vegas. Next year's GCSAA Conference and Trade Show is scheduled for San Diego. And joining us right now to talk about all of that, the Chief Marketing Officer for the Golf Course Superintendent's Association of America, He's been on TV Green so many times over the last uh, 17, 18 years. We do appreciate uh, having him on. and We finally tracked him down. We're talking to Ed Several with us from the airport in Hartford, Connecticut today. Hey, Ed, how you doing? Hello. Do we have Ed? Okay, we thought we had Ed. Uh, in fact, I heard him there momentarily. Anyway... We'll see if we can get Ed back on. Uh, The Golf Course Superintendents Association of America uh, is sponsoring the trade show, and some of the things that will be going on include they'll be honoring Dottie Pepper, former LPGA Tour professional and current TV broadcaster. Ed,
3: are you there? I am, I am. I'm in an airport, uh, but I tell you what, I can't wait to again talk to all of your great golfer listeners. Uh, it's been uh, tradition with us, right?
2: Yes, yes, right about this time of year. Every year, we get Ed several on uh, to update us, and we're happy that uh, you're at the Bradley Airport in Hartford,
3: are you not? I am. Uh, I was uh, timing this so I could be on, but they changed my flight. Uh, they made it a little earlier, so uh, I think because of the snow. Uh, that's up in the uh, uh, northern, uh, I guess, uh, northwestern New York. But uh, heading out and can't wait to share everything about this year's GCFA Conference and Trade Show.
2: Yeah, that's a good little airport. I've flown in and out of there a few times. It's kind of a, a, a nice little secret on the East Coast. But uh, if you need to take to get on your flight, you let me know, and i we'll, will we'll let what, you go. Is, well, I,
3: I, I'm in good shape, and, yeah, Bradley actually uh Every year we have uh, great tour players come through here for the um, for the travelers each year. So yeah, this is uh, uh, well 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 known by a lot of golfers.
2: Yeah, Golf Course Superintendents Association of America. Quick uh, rundown of what it is what you guys do.
3: Here's the thing: every time you enjoy a great round of golf, it's because of the GCSA Golf Course Superintendents and their teams. Uh, that course, in terms of how the greens play the maintenance and really the environmental aspect of really keeping golf courses sustainable is really what gcsa members do Uh, they encompass everyone from the superintendent right on down to the equipment manager all working together to make sure that uh, you have an incredible playing surface to play that round of golf on.
2: so when you get together in phoenix what's happening down there
3: well, I tell you what, it is going to be exciting. Uh, we have got a sold-out golf tournament, over 620 unique players. These are golf course superintendents that will be down there. It's presented by Toro, and it's three days of golf in various formats. Then we go into education, where there's an opportunity for golf course superintendents, equipment managers, their teams, to get hands-on learning. We've got seven interactive facility tours where you go out to various golf courses, ranging from TPC Scottsdale, the home of the WM, to places like Paradise Valley. Where we'll cover everything from tournament prep. That will cover everything from uh, the the professional tournaments right on down to the charity tournaments. We've got water management, which is a very important subject, and then we've got over seventy classroom sessions and a show floor that is 98% sold out. We are really cranking this year.
2: And this is not open to the public, is it?
3: It is not open to the public. Uh, We are, however, inviting uh, various golfers to come down and join us. We're actually building an actual tee fairway and green right on Canyon on 3rd, right outside the convention center. We're calling it our golf sustainability showcase and what we want to do is demonstrate the work that gcsa members do along with our partners the usga the golf course building association and the golf course Architects, to really create sustainable golf courses to make sure this game is uh, great today and into the future
2: yeah so if you're down in the phoenix area you want to be aware of what's happening there when what are the dates i know it's coming up later this month
3: yeah so the dates the education for those that are attending are january twenty twenty ninth and thirtieth. The actual trade show is on the thirty first and first of february.
2: So all you superintendents out there in the cold weather areas, and that's pretty much almost anywhere in the u s these days a chance to get to phoenix i'm sure that I'm sure that helps your attendance doesn't it?
3: Absolutely. I tell you, we haven't been to Phoenix since 1987. We rotate our show. We were in Orlando last year where attendance was up 69% over the prior uh, event in San Diego, and we're tracking over 5% ahead. So uh, GCSA members, golf course superintendents, turf, uh, grass management professionals, make sure you you register today. Go to GCSAAConference.com, GCSAAConference.com.
2: So you can still get signed up. It's not too late.
3: It's not too late. We still have hotel rooms. Uh, we have uh, sessions, uh, education sessions. The only thing is, is the golf tournament is officially sold out.
2: Yeah, one of our we're talking, by the way, to Ed, several Golf Course Superintendents Association of America about the upcoming conference and trade show in Phoenix. One of our favorite people, one of everybody's favorite people, in the golf business and around the world is Dottie Pepper, and you guys are honoring her with the Old Tom Morris Award. Tell us about that.
3: Well, I tell you what, Dottie absolutely 100% reflects the, um, the, the spirit and the innovation of Old Tom Morris. Uh, you know, her career um, really is amazing, and I've had a chance to spend some time with her, as you all know. You know she started out very young her father bought her some clubs and you know set up some uh, I guess like a little bit of a, a golf range uh, where she actually was asked to maintain it mean go out cut the grass maintain it make sure that it's there and then she had some inspiring mentors that got her really going as an amateur and as you know her professional career in golf has just been amazing and then what she's done in the broadcast booth is just second to none. And so we'll be honoring her at the um, what we call the Sunrise Celebration, and that will be an opportunity for us to bestow on her the Old Tom Morris Award.
2: Yeah, you know, some people are are, are good at having one career. She's had that golf career then she's had a broadcasting career and she's also an author writing children's books so she she's a triple threat i'll tell you
3: absolutely and she also has a, a a book that she wrote uh letters from her mentor and uh just absolutely multifaceted and uh, we're excited to have her be honored uh she'll join uh people like uh jim nance uh and uh with uh, Vince Gill and uh, others that have received that award in the past.
2: So if I'm a golf course superintendent and I have not been to any of the trade shows or any of your conferences, what, why should I go and what can I get out of it that I can take back to my to my course and make it better for my customers, my golfers?
3: Well, i tell you what, we call this the most interactive experience you won't find anywhere else. All the last three years, we've worked very hard to build this so that it's not something you can find on the Internet. You're able to come out and get hands-on learning. What you'll be able to bring back to your course are ideas on how to make your course more sustainable by attending our interactive facility tours. You'll be able to sharpen your skills on course prep. You'll be able to understand the different agronomic um, opportunities that you have to really learn 70 different seminars, seven different hands-on learning at these interactive facility tours. You'll be able to come back and really be able to do even more than you currently do. You know, our GCSA members, they're incredible. They're essential to golf success. And they're out there every day, up early, which is why we call our opening session the Sunrise Celebration. And they're there late. And they work very hard to make sure that every single day, that you go to that golf course, you have a great round of golf. And this is the chance to come down, hone those skills, listen and learn from others, and also find and source the products, the technologies, and the services that are going to make your job more efficient and more effective. Our trade show floor is bursting. Uh, like I said, uh, we're 98 or 99% sold out. The technology, the innovation that's going to be uh, unveiled at the show will really be worth the price of
2: admission there you go very well said that's ed several the chief marketing officer for the golf course superintendents association of america Ed uh, has been with the PGA Merchandise Show. He was at Spalding, Top Flight Golf. He also spent a few years with Kraft Foods. And we do appreciate him taking time out of his busy travel schedule to join us today for the update on the Conference and Trade Show back in Phoenix for the first time since 1987. It starts later this month. And then you're in San Diego next year. Not bad either, Ed.
3: (laughs) Tell you what, we get to go to some great places and then. Believe it or not, we're already planning our centennial. GCSA celebrates 100 years in 2026, and we will be in sunny Orlando.
2: There you go. Don't get much better than that. Ed, thank you for taking the time. Travel safe, my friend, and we'll talk to you again soon.
3: I want to thank you. I also want to thank all of your listeners, and also thank you to all the GCSA members out there who are essential to our success. Have a great day.
2: Ed Several with us today, Chief Marketing Officer for the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America. Not done yet. We'll come back and uh, look at what's happening in golf in our final segment of T to Green right after this.
1: That's 800-211-6008.
2: Fastest hour in radio, the quickest hour in golf, another hour just flying by, but hey, we're not done yet. I'm Jay Ritchie, checking what's happening in golf this weekend. Uh, The only tour, the only professional tour that is playing right now, the PGA Tour, the tour champions, the old guys on the PGA Tour, they don't start until next week when they'll be over in Hawaii. Uh, The ladies, we talked to Ron Syrak about ladies golf. Uh, their first event is coming up January 18th through 21st. Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions at Lake Nona in Orlando, Florida. Brooke Henderson, the defending champion, total prize money, about $1.5 million. The PGA Tour, still in Hawaii, the Sony Open, wileye Country Club in Honolulu, a course that we broadcast heated Green from a few years back They wouldn't let me play the course. But they let me broadcast from there. And anyway, going into the final round, Grayson Murray and Keegan Bradley tied for the lead, both at 14 under par. Samuel Stevens next at 13 under par. Five players at minus 11, including Chris Kirk four players at minus 10 including Kurt Katayama and Troy Merritt and a real logjam after that. There are nine players at nine under par including Russell Henley and 50-year-old Stuart Sink. We'll be seeing him probably playing uh, tournaments on both the PGA Tour and the Tour Champions. Stuart Sink turned 50 and uh, the final round of that uh, will be on Golf Channel later today the sony open wildlife country club in honolulu our thanks to told you we had a couple of great guests our thanks to ron syrak from the golf channel and from lpga.com for joining us to talk LPGA Golf earlier in the hour, and then to add several with the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America, he is the Chief Marketing Officer. That's going to do it. Our thanks to Robert Coza in Master Control. Thank you so much for listening. Everyone have a great week. Hopefully it warms up wherever you are. You get a chance to play some golf. And when you do, hit them long. Hit them straight.